spiritually close at freedom. I, I want you to feel the closeness. Just take a moment as distant as you might have felt lately. I want you to just by the spirit, feel the closeness to your brothers and to your sisters uh, here. Freedom and around the nation. There are so many that have been joining us all day. I'm so grateful, but I want you to know that our purpose, our vision is that though we are socially distant, we can be spiritually close. It seems like a difficult time even to talk about for some people that makes them sad, but I want you to experience joy in your heart today. You know, we're getting close to Easter. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and then the next Sunday is Easter Sunday. We have lots of plans and You'll get information regarding some of our activities that we're going to do at that time. But we're moving towards resurrection. And in the word, we're moving towards it. We began talking last Sunday about this season. And we went to Bethany and we saw the resurrection of Lazarus. And I want to continue in that walk. But I want to hang out at Bethany just a little bit longer. And I want us to deal with our closeness. And I want us to learn today what we can do when times get difficult. The Bible says in John 16, a couple of things. First of all, the Lord tells his disciples, he says, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will be with you and never leave you. I'm going to send him to you. But then he goes on to say this in verse 32. He says, a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. Does anybody relate to that? Anybody relate? I mean, as I was driving here, the number of cars that were just parked on the side of the road and in driveways. Last night, I was, uh, I was coming back home from the church, and as I did, I noticed it wasn't the usual Saturday dinnertime traffic that I'm used to seeing. But we're the church, and Jesus told us there would be a time. There would be times when we would be scattered. He said, even for himself, he said, speaking of his resurrection at that moment or his, of his crucifixion, he said, you'll leave me all alone. But he said, even when I'm alone, I'm not alone because the father is with me. And he says this, he goes on and says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have trouble, but take heart. Are you seeing that? But take heart. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I think it would be good. In a day when it seems like the world is in a state of difficulty, and it is with the pandemic, I want you to quote this with Jesus. Say it. I have overcome the world. Say it right there in your room. I have overcome the world. You know, during this time of crucifixion, some of the disciples had fled. and There were those like Peter who had denied Jesus. They fought. They fought with, amongst themselves. But can I tell you, that when you are separated, this is a time when we ought to rise up. This is a time when the church ought to rise and be the church. It's, being, it's been said that at a time like this, we think it's a problem because the church has left the building. But you know the church is all over. It's in every community this morning. It's in every neighborhood. It's, it's all over social media. I'm glad to be a part of the church that is alive and well. I love the story of Lazarus, and today I want to slip back into that story, and I just want to talk to you about a moment that we all deal with, and that is when life gets real. How many can say life has gotten real recently? I mean, what we thought was life has been changed. 
we, have, we are now moving in different ways. We are looking at life differently. You're spending more time with people you hadn't spent time with before. Some of you are feeling more alone. Some of you are feeling crazy because you just want to get out of the house. But really what's happened is life has gotten real. There are people that we should be praying for today whose life has gotten real. Kelly Carr had contacted me and told me that her mother is in the hospital. And, uh, uh, and we don't know exactly what the diagnosis is, but she has pneumonia and, uh, uh, and she needs healing in her body. And we want to pray for Leilani and her family. Leilani's aunt uh, passed away uh, and she has some other relatives in New Jersey that are struggling with this virus. Uh, we have others that are in need. Uh, the Hobbs family, uh, Jean was uh, in the hospital yesterday. Uh, she's doing much better today. They've already sent her home. So they praise God for that. But you know, other people are going through things. People who, uh, who are not working right now. People who are struggling with their finances. And of course, people are struggling with their health. And when times happen like these, it's like life gets real. I mean, you were just kind of moving around and life was like a fairy tale. But suddenly... Life gets real. What do we do when life gets real? I want to take you back to that story. I want to take you back to the story of Lazarus when he rose from the dead. And sometime before it, during it, and after it. Because I, I told you last week that Lazarus was fine when he passed away. Because Jesus explained that he was the resurrection and the life. It was everyone else that was struggling. It was Mary and Martha. It was all of his friends that lived in and around Bethany. In John chapter 11 and verse 1, the scripture reminds us of what happened. Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. It was the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And then there is this statement. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So life has become real at their home. Their brother is sick. They're concerned that it could lead to death. And they want Jesus to come and be there because they believe that Jesus could heal their brother. This is a new normal for them. Jesus has come before. They have seen him heal before. I would like you to look at this one passage of scripture, that verse two, where it says this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, later on in scripture, we will see Mary actually doing this. But there is another understanding of the scripture, and that is that it is a possibility that this Mary is the same Mary who is called Mary of Magdala, as we read in other portions of Scripture, as we read in Matthew, as we read in Luke, uh, this other Mary who had come into a room and poured oil and who had wept before Jesus and wiped, her feet, wiped his feet with her hair. I want us to consider that as we pause for a moment and just acknowledge that we have been in a stressful time. Single families, single parents, families, children uh, who, have, who are in diverse issues. 
people are going through it right now. And could I just check in with you right now? I mean, we already had our chaplains call through uh, many, many people within the church just to see how you are. And I've got notes on that to pray. But how are you doing today? What's going on in your life? How do you feel? Are you worried? Are you filled with anxiety? How are you feeling? You know, last Friday I woke up and realized that the United States was number one. And I wasn't kind of excited about it because when they said the United States was number one, they were saying we had more uh, individuals that had been infected with the coronavirus than any other nation. We surpassed China. And I saw that night and, and, it, and it caused me to begin to speculate and to think of what's going on. I, I want to help you this morning to, to, to become more spiritually healthy. I want you to find a healthy spiritual place. And I want to talk to you about this moment when life gets real. There was a story. In fact, it, it's, it's not a story. It was an experiment at a famous, uh, at a famous university, UCLA. And the, uh, the, the, the experiment was with mice. And they had this community, a large community of mice and the test was to find out the fatality rate uh, for those that would use uh, amphetamines or speed. And so they injected uh, the drug into several of the mice and actually got them to a freak out level. You know, the mice are just going crazy, but not all of the mice had, were, were injected with the drug. But the mice that were injected were freaking out and running around and and as they continued this pace, some of them began to die. But what was very interesting about the study is that the other mice also began to die. The, the mice that had not been, uh, uh, had not been infused with, with the drugs, though they were physically okay, they were so impacted by those that were freaking out that they ultimately had the same response. I, I, I want to. Can I tell you this? That there are cultural effects of what's going on that is beyond the virus. I want you to know and, and just test this in your own heart. Is it God's will for us to freak out right now? Is it? Is it? Is that God's will? And can I add this to to it? You realize that the enemy loves to leverage moments like this. I, I told you before, we live in a very populated world. We live in a very populated spiritual war world. We're grateful for the Holy Spirit. We're grateful for ministering spirits. But the enemy is also very active. We have billions of people that are in panic and living in uncertainty. How do we deal with this? I think Mary in this scripture helps us to understand it there in John chapter 11. This Mary, whose brother was sick, this Mary who had poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So here we go. Are, are you with me? Stay with me, okay? Often we look at this and suggest this is just looking forward. But sometimes we need to look back. Now church tradition tells us, and many of the more orthodox faiths, they look at this and they say that Mary of Magdala and Mary of Bethany were the same person. And the more I've studied this, the more I have come to embrace this idea as well. All right. I, I get this. I mean, but they say, well, one was Mary Magdala and one 
was Mary Bethany. Can I tell you that even though I've lived in Virginia Beach for 34 years, I haven't lived here all my life. I've lived in other places. At one time, I was, uh, I was Rick Hawker of Ohio. Now, I've been Rick Hawker of Virginia Beach for the last 34 years. I've been here for a while. I've also changed and I've grown through those years. I'm not the same man of faith today that I was before because in my past I had to grow. I've matured. And I, and I want you to understand that I know some people, people that I could mention that used to have a past. I mean, we share our testimonies. Uh, you know Tim came to help me open up this morning. I saw him in the back. We were talking earlier today and I was saying, God has been so good to you. Hasn't he, Tim? He's been so good. We call it, I call him affectionately white-haired Jesus. That's who I call him. But I don't know if people that knew him 30 years ago would recognize him as white-haired Jesus. They might have called him other things because the addictions and the struggles. Can I get an amen, Tim? Amen. That you had in your past. You say, what? Tim was that way? Come on. You got your story too. I mean, you, aren't all, you haven't always been that godly person that you are right now. But at some point in your life, at some point, you met Jesus. And it's interesting that sometimes when you read the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, sometimes the scripture reads this way. Uh, in Bethany, uh, at the home of Lazarus, and Martha and their sister. It's like, and their sister, I mean, go ahead and throw her name in there at the same time, please. But Mary was fine with this. I also think it's interesting because Mary of Magdala, Magdala, if you study the word, you know that the word Magdala speaks of the way someone prepared their hair. And then we find that in both the story in John and also in Matthew and Luke, that Mary wiped the feet of Jesus with their hair. So everybody hang with me on this because uh, here we are with Mary. Mary is now in Bethany. Mary is now a woman who has sat with Jesus. But if you looked into her past, you realize where she has come from. She's better than what she was, but she's not what she's going to be yet. Anybody understand that? How many would say, I, I'm not what I was, but I'm not what I'm going to be. God is still working in my life. And while you're going through this difficulty right now, know that God is working with your life right now. He's dealing with you. And I know life has gotten real. But would you go back with me for a moment? When life got real with Mary the first time in Luke chapter 7 and 36, where the Pharisees had invited Jesus to dinner and, and they're reclining at a table and a woman, a woman who had lived a sinful life in that very town learned that Jesus was eating in the Pharisee's house and she brought an alabaster jar full of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. If you follow through the story of Mary, one of the things you find out is that Mary Magla had a reputation and, and, and you can see in verse 39, the Pharisee who had invited Jesus said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who what, and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. How many are thankful that God let you touch him when you were a sinner? 
in your past, when you were a mess, when you were broken, when people knew you as something other than they know you right now. And Jesus looked down at Mary at that moment and said in verse 48, he said, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I sometimes wonder where she went because if you study scripture, we also know that Mary Magdala was one of those individuals that Jesus had utterly set free. He had delivered her from all kinds of evil, from spirits that had controlled her life. We later will find Mary at the tomb. She follows him and the other disciples leave him. She follows him. She actually is the one that Jesus speaks to. And she runs and announces to the disciples that she has seen the Lord and he is alive. What does it take to move from here to there? And I would suggest to you it takes life getting real. It takes moments in our life where we have to stop and call on the Lord Jesus. When life gets real, you need to remember who you are. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many know the scripture? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a, and of a sound mind. So when I'm overwhelmed with fear, I need to know that God has given me a spirit that I can overcome it. I am filled with the spirit of God. He goes on in Romans 8 and 14. The word of God says, For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons, the sons and daughters of God. And you, he says you received the spirit, but you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You have not received a spirit that would cause you to be a slave to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I think when life gets real, I need to cry, Abba. Anybody else? Abba, Father, I need you. I need you to be close to me right now because fear is not our inheritance. Power and love and a sound mind. We are children of the Most High God. I love, I love Jesus. Anybody else love Jesus? I love the cross. I am glad for he, that he died for me. When, when, when life gets real, I find that I need to hold on to the cross of Jesus. I need to hold on to the cross. I have different crosses in my office and here in the auditorium. Uh, I love the cross of Jesus. I need to sometimes just hold on to it. In Galatians 6 and 14, the Bible says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus. By whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So through the work of Jesus, the world no longer has a hold on me. I am crucified, dead to brutal. Yes, it is. And fear looks for an open door into my mind and to my thoughts. But when trouble comes, I am tempted to be fearful for all things. I'm tempted to be fearful as a pastor for my church. I'm tempted to be fearful for our health and then personal things, you know, concerned about your future, concerned about other things. And then you start scrambling like those mice without drugs. But I have experience. Anybody got some experience? Anybody? 
Anybody like me, you didn't just show up today. I've got a story. I've got a testimony in my life. And, and, and in that, I know that if I'll draw close to God, I'm going to be all right. Yes, wash your hands. Obey the orders regarding being at home and not congregating in those crowds. But at the same time that you're distant from other things, stay close to the cross of Jesus. Stay close to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. You might say, how do I do that? Just pray. Pray. Can I show you a few words to pray? Let me show you a few things you can pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring the cross between me and this world. Say it. I bring the cross between me and this world. Continue. I reject the fear and panic and speculation in this world. I reject it. Say it. I reject it. And then go on. I evict these things from my life in the name of Jesus and through the power of the cross. Come on, pray. I declare that I am a citizen of the household of God. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of God, and I do not belong to fear. Go ahead, clap your hands. That story. Mary is rising through this in her dilemma, in her difficult time. She is rising through this moment. Let's listen to Mary in this new situation she finds herself in. Mary is in a dilemma. Her brother is sick unto death. And Jesus is late. Now don't point at anybody. Anybody know somebody that's always late? Okay, you know. All right. There are people that are late. Some people don't come on time. That, this is not like Jesus. Jesus is on time. Somebody once said, he may not come when you want him. But he's always right on time. Amen? Amen? But she is fearful because of the slow perception, the perceptive slowness of the arrival of the Lord Jesus. And she becomes unsure. So she gets her phone out. She texts Jesus a few times. Hey, Jesus, where are you? Well, I'll be there when I get there. But I need you right now. Well, okay, I'm coming and I'll be there. I'm coming. She just has to trust Jesus. Hey, Mary, is this just Jesus running late? Is this the same Jesus that set you free from the power of the devil? Is he the same Jesus that looked down on you when you washed his feet before and said, woman, your sins are forgiven you. Now go on home and live in peace. Is that the same Jesus? When others declared that you were worthless and unworthy to sit at my feet, I allowed you to be there and I blessed you and celebrate this. Listen what I'm telling you. Jesus who saved you before. Jesus who delivered you before. Jesus who healed you before. He's the same Jesus that has brought you from Magdala to, Beth to Bethany. You know, we need the news, I think, sometimes. We need to stay informed we need to know about the testing. We need to know about the restrictions. And we want to know about new medications that might be coming out. But, but when it comes to the news, can I give you this guidance? You need to get in and get on out. 
You can't just lay there and speculate because most of the news is speculation. Too much speculation causes fear. And you know what comes next? Worry. Worry and your own demise. Remember what Jesus said about worry in Matthew 6? He said, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And he goes on and he says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. It's a restatement from Jeremiah 29. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. In these difficult seasons, our hearts get exposed. Hello. He shows us those places in our life that he wants to deal with. He shows us those. It's a good time when you're alone to sit at the feet of Jesus and show him these things. Listen to Jesus say, how are you doing? What's going on? What are you afraid of? And tell him. Tell him about the anxiety. I, I told my wife at the beginning of 2020, I told her, I said, baby, I am not bringing anxiety into 2020. I am leaving that behind me. And then Corona showed up. It got real. Thoughts in my head. Anybody know what I'm saying? Other issue, issues. And, and then as I began to pray, you know, how many ever feel bad about your situation? Anybody feel bad I was feeling bad about it, and then I got a message from my spiritual daughter in Peru. Marta was in a little small area with her three kids, Marta Traconis, and, and she, she's in Peru. They're struggling the same way, only they have no more gas, no more gas in her house. And she was sitting with her kids on a wood fire, teaching them how to cook on a wood fire. And suddenly I thought, I need to hush. I need to go ahead and thank God. I mean, you got electricity. Come on, somebody praise God. You got a front door and a back door. You still got a car. I know it's difficult, but God is still a good God. Yes. Mary and Martha, two different sisters. They respond two different ways. How many know we have different personality profiles? Anybody know that? Martha's always getting upset. You know that person that you can't push them too much. That's the way Martha, Mary's sister, was. And, and in the story, we examined them. I love them both, okay? I love them. I love that straight-and-shoot person that'll just tell you what's up. I also love Mary. Jesus said that Mary was able to choose what was best. She would often end up at, at his feet. But now Lazarus is dead. Or, or Lazarus is dead, and Jesus has not arrived. And we see these two different responses. John chapter 11 shows Mary's response in verse 20. Now Martha heard that Jesus was coming. Can you see Martha heard, hey, Jesus is coming. Martha says, really? Really? We already buried Lazarus. And she gets up, starts walking out the door. I'm, I got a word. I got, anybody got mad at Jesus before? Anybody ever been upset with Jesus? Martha goes to Jesus and she looks at him and she said, Lord how many have ever called Jesus Lord out of affection and ever called him Lord like, hey, Jesus, you ain't doing what I want you to do right now. This is, this is Martha. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, you know, I get this. She's saying, I know who you are. And, 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 
and I, I know, I know, Martha, I know you're frustrated because Martha responds to Jesus' statement, your brother will rise again by saying, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. It's kind of like me telling everybody who's in their home, look, don't worry, one day we'll be in heaven. You're saying, I know, but I'm tired of feeding my children hot dogs and seeing them run around the house and I need more toilet paper. Maybe, maybe not. I I'm saying that you can get frustrated. I know that we'll rise again. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I want to take you deeper, Martha. I am he who lives and, and, and will always be alive. I will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. And then she storms off. We don't see anything else after that. It's like, bye, see ya. And then she goes to Mary. The Bible says she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, The teacher has come, verse 28, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, now watch the difference in the approach. The wording is the same, but if there were just some emojis here, you would understand. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. You see the difference? She fell at his feet. She was most comfortable at the feet of Jesus. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's almost like she rehearsed the same line that Martha had. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews, she had had an impact on others. Martha was there, but now Mary is there. There's a congregation with her and they're weeping. Jesus joined them and he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, it's almost like he's making a bold decision. Let's just stop talking right now and let's get on with the resurrection. Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come with us. We'll show you. And look at John eleven thirty five, 35, the shortest verse in the world. Jesus wept. Jesus is now walking with Mary and the other Jews toward the tomb of Lazarus. And if you look at the feet of Jesus, he has been touched by those who have come to his feet, by those who are concerned and have brought their needs to him. You see, Jesus is touched by what's going on in our life. She, Mary saw him. She fell at his feet. She addressed him as Lord. She wept and it got the attention of Jesus. Come on, take your worry, take your anger, take your fear, take your tears to the Lord Jesus. Hebrews 4 and 15 says that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us. Aren't you glad that Jesus feels our tears? He feels our pains. He doesn't look at your tears and say, oh, just shut up and stop crying. He doesn't do that. Jesus looks at what's going on and he sympathizes. He knows what you feel. When life gets real, take it to Jesus. When no one else understands, take it to Jesus. When life gets real, find Jesus and worship him. Worship him. You remember the scripture in the Psalms? But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Aren't you glad that when we worship Jesus, he shows up? Anybody glad? Anybody glad that Jesus shows up at those moments? And, and, and we find other moments in scripture where when people came and worshiped him, 
even if it was just touching the hem of his garments. At one time, it was a leper who came and worshiped Jesus saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I think there are people right now that are saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can cleanse me, not just my hands, but my heart and my life. Come on, let's get to the feet of Jesus and worship him. I know you can't go to the salon for a new hairstyle right now. I know you can't get your nails done. I know you can't go down to the restaurant and sit down and be served. But you can go to the feet of Jesus. There are no restrictions. No matter where you are, get to the feet of Jesus. Amen. Is it any surprise that shortly after the resurrection of Lazarus, and just a few days before the crucifixion, Mary shows up in John chapter 12 and 1 and does what she knows how to do. Martha was serving. Lazarus was reclining at the table. And here we go. Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. And you're looking at that saying, how can she do that? How can she give that valuable gift away? How is it that that happens? Can I explain it? If you follow the story of Mary, you find that she and other women, hear me, were the supporters of the ministry of Christ. Individuals like Mary, they stood when everyone else was running away. They're the ones that followed him all the way to the tomb that made sure that things were taken care of. So she now boldly walks into the room and she takes this expensive perfume. She's done it before. And now she's pouring it on to the feet of Jesus. Come on. I've been saved. Anybody been saved? Anybody? I've been rescued before. I'm still, still your child and I'm still going to worship you. Lord, I realize that you've told us that you're going to die and be buried and then rise again. I'm not sure about everything that's going to happen in my world. But this one thing, I'm not going to miss this opportunity to anoint you. And that's what we ought to do. Our home should be lit up with worship right now. The worship music should be flowing. Your hands should be lifting. You should be teaching your children how to seek God. After all he's done, how many know he's going to get us through this? Yes. Scripture says that we should praise him in everything. Give thanks. Some people say, well, you know, my kids run around this house making it smell kind of funny right now. Here's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is now should be the time when your house feels smells better than it's ever smelled before. There is nothing like worship to change the atmosphere. Praise him. You say, but I don't see good things. You praise him in the good times. You praise him in the bad times. You praise him in fearful times. You praise him in victorious times. You praise him when you're saved. I may be going through a difficult time, but I'm still a child of God. But I'm still saved from sin. The enemy is still defeated. God still has a plan for me. He has still prepared a place for me. Come on, wherever you are, just lift your hands. Let's sing. Let's worship the Lord. Let's honor Him. Let's glorify Him. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the transformation in our lives. You know, some people are in different places. Some of you are in a different place because you are just now coming to realize your need of the Lord. When the finances fail, when the systems fail, when the world is in a difficult time, 
you realize that you need to know the one who rose from the grave and is alive forevermore. You need to go to Jesus and you don't need to drive down the road. You can right there. You don't have to be in this church house. Right in the house that you are in right now. Go ahead and declare it. Lord Jesus, I'm so glad that you are here. Fall at his feet and worship him and declare him as Lord. Everybody, come on. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Listen, we're going to continue to sing. We're going to continue to worship. But I right, let me speak to you for a moment. Let me encourage you to know that God is real and that he is with you. I want to encourage you today to receive the peace of the Lord Jesus. We're going to sing one more song before we leave this webcast. And then right after that song is over, we're going to have children's ministry on the last part of the webcast. So I want you to keep your kids nearby. I want you to participate in the children's ministry presentation. But first, would you stand or if you're seated, whatever, would you lift your hands and worship the Lord? Sing. Come on, worship team, sing. We praise you, Jesus. I love you. God bless you.